0: And outside looking in at me, pre-BP, before psychedelics, right. I'd look like a successful entrepreneur. I'd built a bunch of companies, made some money, um, had a lot of employees. And by kind of all outward measures, I was successful. But um, what I kept realizing with is that it wasn't bringing me internal happiness. Like at one point, I remember saying, oh, when I have 100 employees – that's that's going to be a big day. Okay, when I have 500 employees, that's going to be a big day. When I have a building with a, with my company name on it. Those days kept coming and it just life just got more complicated as it got bigger. So that's that's kind of one one path to think about. So my my realization that as an entrepreneur as a building business for business sake wasn't satisfying. The other thing that your your audience probably should know is my mom died when she was 49. I was a year out of college. My father had actually died when I was in college. So I had those kind of big holes that were early on holes. But as a, as a typical guy, I put those into a drawer and moved on um, and just kind of lived with it. Missed my mom, but lived with it because um, what are you going to do? And that was my attitude. And then, um, and then one other thing that had happened I wrote about in my book uh, was I had an inappropriate um, sexual contact with someone 10 years older than me, family member 10 years older than me when I was an early teenager. Hmm. And, um, and that was also one of those, uh, where that was a mortifying experience that I just never talked about, couldn't talk about it. And, um, and just carried that around and psychedelic medicine for me allowed me to heal with my mom and heal on this, uh, on this experience. And, and just that's just starting the post psychedelic me and all the different uh, healings and optimizations and things that have occurred since psychedelics. Hey,
1: everybody, welcome back to the mental purpose podcast from your host, Ian Lobos. Look, today is going to be a great episode because it's different than what you used to. However, it still has the same components, which is awesome. Today, I'm talking to Matt Zeman about psychedelics. In the first 40 minutes of this conversation, though, are going to be around men's growth and development, both Matt's and mine. And what's interesting about it is we're going to get into topics that so many of you write to me about and reach out to me on Instagram about. So many of you that I work with are facing the same thing. We're talking about love, acceptance and safety in who you are and using the outside world to try and find what's missing. We're going to be talking about removing the shame, the blame, and the guilt for wanting to align with who you really are, your authentic self, and find that purpose that you're meant to have on this planet, right? Why you're here and who you actually are. And and we're going to talk about living with and finding and aligning with that purpose. We're going to be talking about healthy relationships with your parents and clearing the past. We're going to be talking about providing for the family and how this providing... Peace has been bred into us. We're going to be talking about being productive um, versus being busy. We're going to talk about what really is internal security. You know, we talk about financial security. Uh, Matt and I are going to talk about internal security. Uh, we're going to talk about being radically different, external validation, and how it's misleading and how we get to a certain point at a certain age, most of us. And we hit this wall where we understand that it could be different. Yet only a few of us actually take the path and the necessary action steps to start down that journey of actually finding internal validation, internal happiness. We're going to talk about removing the internal restrictions and constraints that have been holding you back or, frankly, you've been allowing to hold you back. You guys have heard me talk about that a lot before. I mean, that's what we do here at Mental Purpose. All the curriculum, that's all empowering you to help yourself or to help free you of that internal restriction and constraint that you are facing every day, not being aligned, feeling trapped, feeling like you've got to provide, feeling like your purpose is something that is not what it truly is. So look, there are a lot of things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about compassion, connectivity to others, and then we start talking about plant medicine. And all along the way, Matt and I are going to share our journeys And our stories and experiences with plant medicine and how it was helpful for us i'm going to tell you right now that plant medicine for me helped me to understand compassion for myself trust for myself and compassion and trust for others more than i ever thought was possible and it's actually a really beautiful thing a really beautiful thing we're gonna be talking about emotions talking about fears we're going to talk about uh regret Um, you know, the plant medicine piece has certain stipulations or fears or understandings with it. We're going to clear some of those up and Matt's going to tell some really honest, really hard hitting stories that I know most of you are going to be able really, honestly, all of you are going to be able to associate with and learn a ton from this episode. So stick with it. It's a long one. We get into plant medicine in about the 40 minute mark. Don't miss that first 40 minutes. There is a lot of gold there. So look, let's get it wrapped. Let's get you into the interview. Um, Anything you need, menonpurpose.net is our website, menonpurpose.net, whether it's our coaching programs, our curriculum, our masterminds, our retreats, uh, any of our free products, any of our courses, it's all on there, menonpurpose.net. It's being updated and upgraded on a daily basis. So by the time you hear this, it's different than when I'm describing today um need free stuff no don't know where to get started just raise your hand all you got to do is raise your hand ask a question and say hey where do i get started how do i do this you've motivated me you've inspired me whatever it might be and we will help you on your journey even if it's just to get started so thank you for being here appreciate you um if you haven't yet joined our community the mop mental purpose facebook community join that If you haven't yet rated and reviewed the podcast, go do that. Check out our YouTube channel, TikTok, Instagram. We've got a ton of reels, ton of content coming out on there. Love you all and um, enjoy this episode. All right, Matt, one of my favorite topics because there's so much that's possible from psychedelics and there's so much in the world of psychedelics that we just don't know, we don't know. And I think that that frontier or whatever you want to call it. it sounds super cheesy to say it like that I think that is what fascinates me and I've got a good amount of experience in this and I'm, I'm really excited to learn from you and the audience to learn from you with your expertise on this topic and and we're gonna we're gonna go through so many different things today first thing first things first welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining me
0: Ian, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. This is a uh, I'm, I'm excited with the enthusiasm which we're, we're approaching this topic.
1: Sweet, man. I love it. And um, I want to I want to take the audience back to the man you used to be. Well, let's say before BP, right before <laughs> psychedelics, or before just an, an, an awakening or, or anything that you've realized about your, your life, your purpose, who were you back then? And then let's work ourselves through that. So, just take us back to a, a darker time or like a past pain that you were going through, where you made this shift into, "I'm gonna do the work on me. I've got to make this commitment." And then, and then just lead us through that journey.
0: Oh, the, the, glad you asked a question. Fantastic question. Let's. Uh, but but also a very hard question. So <laughs> right. I'm gonna answer it a couple of different ways. So so from. And outside looking in at me, pre-BP, before psychedelics, right. I'd look like a successful entrepreneur. I'd built a bunch of companies, made some money, um, had a lot of employees. And by kind of all outward measures, I was successful. But um, what I kept realizing with is that it, it wasn't bringing me internal happiness. Like at one point, I remember saying, oh, when I have 100 employees, that's that's gonna be a big day. Okay, when I have five hundred employees, that's gonna be a big day. when I have a building with, with my company name on it. Those days kept coming, and it just life just got more complicated as it got bigger. So that's that's kind of one one path to think about. So my, my realization that as an entrepreneur, as a building business for business sake wasn't satisfying. The other thing that your your audience probably should know is my mom died when she was forty nine, I was a year out of college. My father had actually died when I was in college. So I had those kind of big holes that were early on holes, but as a, as a typical guy, I put those into a drawer and moved on, um, and just kind of lived with it, missed my mom, but lived with it. Um, cause what are you going to do? And that was my attitude. And then, um, and then one other thing that had happened, I wrote about in my book, uh, was I had an in inappropriate, um, sexual contact with someone 10 years older than me, family member 10 years older than me when I was an early teenager. Hmm. And, um, and that was also one of those, uh, where that was a mortifying experience that I just never talked about, couldn't talk about it. And, um, and just carried that around and psychedelic medicine for me allowed me to heal with my mom and heal on this, uh, on this experience. And, and just that's just starting the post psychedelic me and all the different uh, healings and optimizations and things that have occurred since psychedelics.
1: What's interesting is that first example you gave is probably the number one thing that I hear from guys is I've achieved this level of success. And it didn't do what I thought it was going to do for me. It's not It's not hitting me, it's not fueling me, it's not satisfying me, fulfilling me. Just add your own, I'm going to guess they're an adjective or verb, add your own adjective in there. And, uh, and I think guys at a certain age or a certain experience level hit this wall where money, it doesn't buy anything more, no more time, no more advancement, no more fulfillment, no more escape, no more avoid. And they hit this realization of, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna have to face something that money can't can't get me away from anymore. I'm gonna have to face something that I've been avoiding for maybe my whole life. And that is a hard realization. I, I remember in my uh, real estate career, every morning I'd get up cashing $100,000 checks a month sometimes and going, this isn't it, uh, this can't be it. This can't be it for my life. This can't be what I do if I die tomorrow, I will have have made no impact on this planet, zero, except I have a child, right? I I have a daughter at that time. I had just a daughter. And I kept thinking, well, that's my contribution. And then somebody challenged me and said, is your contribution really the child? Or was that God slash the universe's decision to bring that child into the world did you really didn't have a choice except for the choice of the sexual act right let's just say now you're meant for bigger so why don't you put this my kid is my purpose my family is my purpose my money my business is my purpose and go find your real purpose and that led me into a um man it led me into a spiral of really like that Making money and providing for your family isn't your, your main mission in life? How, how is that not it? And my journey at that point begins in January of 2018, the first time I did ayahuasca. So this is a very appropriate conversation because my world was opened with psychedelics. And I'm not sure if I would have found the answers deep down inside of me for years if I hadn't have done that. And I, and I thought it was, well, I'll get it faster. That was my thought process. I'll get it faster. I'll get it. I'll, get, I'll just, I'll get it faster. Right. Yet what I learned was such depth that I didn't even know I had that. It, it, it shocked me and, and scared the shit out of me, frankly. So you, you we are in, and the audience is in good company among guys that have built something and realized that it wasn't why they were here. What's up, guys? I'm so sorry to interrupt the episode. I just need one minute to share with you all the new and exciting, amazing stuff we've got created here at Men On Purpose. First of all, thank you for listening to the podcast and supporting the movement we're creating for all the men in the world. Next, you've got to check out our new website, menonpurpose.net, where you'll find all kinds of cool stuff, including links to our podcast and the free Men On Purpose community. You're also going to find our new free purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook and links to all of our new coaching programs and products. Look, I've had so many of you ask me where to get started with your personal growth journey or where you can go to level up. So I put this thing together, this free ebook and mini course, and we're going to be talking about and coaching you through a really light version of our purpose-driven formula, which is our foundational formula. And for those of you who are ready now, we got you. Listen up, whether it's becoming the best husband, being the best dad, quitting that job that doesn't serve you. We're just understanding how to put you first. We've got what you need to align with your authentic self and find that true fulfillment and live a life with no regrets. Look, we're helping men with structure, support, and sustainability. That's what you've asked for, and that's what we deliver. As we lead you through proven and tested curriculum that focuses on formulas to help you get farther faster. So make sure you go to menonpurpose.net. Click the button to download our free powerful purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook. And while you're there, make sure you check out some of our amazing products designed to help you find your purpose, stop self-sabotage and dial in your mindset skills and habits to evolve into the best version of you. Why? Because we want you to live and have the best life possible. To press. So mentalpurpose.net let's get back to the episode
0: with, without a doubt. And yeah. that, uh, and yeah, thank you for sharing all that, 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 notion of, I'm going to get it faster. I mean, there, there is an expression in psychedelics that for many people, it's like getting years of therapy in hours and days, um, versus years. Um, but I think the, it is what the big surprise is Yeah, is like, what is the results or what, how do you rethink your time on this planet? Um, and, and psychedelic medicine for many people is, is a, is a catalyst or is a key to unlocking some of that. So I don't believe it's a cure, but I do believe yeah. it's a catalyst.
1: Yeah. What about the the part you mentioned with um, your parents mm-hmm. and then passing on and then the family member situation? What we're talking about is emotional registration, right? If we, if we could generalize it, <clears throat> these are emotional registrations that, we have been taught to push down, escape from, avoid, not deal with or not, not express. So how long was it between all those things happening that you actually got into doing the work on you?
0: Yeah, it was was 25 years. I mean, it was a long time. Oh, 25 years afterward. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I missed my mom for a long time. And, uh, and in the psychedelic experience, she was there Mm -hmm. and I could see her and I could feel her and I could kind of pull the connection from her to me, to my kids and realize like, oh my goodness. All right. I am her moving forward and they are me moving forward and we might have different shapes, but we are, we are all connected and it was such an incredible feeling, um, the other, and this is just this first, this is the first psychedelic experience. The other thing that was, the, was such a shock was feeling just complete love, acceptance, and safety. And, and realizing like, oh my gosh, I don't feel loved and safe and accepted in my normal life. And then it was, oh my God, I actually can't remember ever feeling this loved and safe and accepted. And that was like, what is going on? Yeah. So I'm living my life with this weight of the world on my shoulders and I don't even know it. And, um, and then once, those, once you see that, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Or I can't unsee it. So then it led to uh, a whole bunch of, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of change and, and seeking for additional answers, additional clarity, additional um, yeah. support.
1: What's really interesting is that, uh, the experience that I've had, you've had many men, let, let's say successful men
0: mm-hmm. and your measurement
1: of success guys can be anything you want. I mean, money is, is this big one that most people measure from. It's not the, it's not, it's not even the main one. It's just a measurement. And, um, what's interesting is my career from probably 20 years old to 36 years old, 38 years old, well, four years ago, so 36 years old, 16 years was based on those three things that mm-hmm. you, you just uh, named love safety and acceptance, except throw approval in there, right? Throw approval in there. Uh, and uh, I, I'm successful. I'm approved of. Okay, good. I, I I don't have that inside of me, so I'll seek this from the outside. And as long as you give it to me, this is cool. Forget about me and the inside, and I want to get your opinion on that. Where were you in all of these things that you were doing, being successful, running the company? Were you aware of the you not being satisfied, felt, heard, seen, and just okay with putting that away? Or did you fight that every day? Or how how did that come
0: I was aware that I wasn't satisfied that this okay. that building business for business sake was not fulfilling me. I didn't know how to get fulfilled. I mean, I've been married now for twenty three years. I have a I have a um nineteen and a seventeen year old child. Um, but I knew something was missing, and I just didn't know what. There was this first experience where it's like, okay, I don't I don't feel enough love in myself that I can't give that out. And, um, and I, don't, I don't feel that unless I'm doing something that I need to earn approval. Yeah. Um, but through psychedelic medicine, it's like, no, 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 no. You are enough right now. You are loved right now. And just go, just be. And that way it was such an incredible um, relief to know that I don't need anyone to approve of anything I do that uh, it's all okay.
1: Why is that so hard for people to get? Why is that so hard of a concept for people to wrap their head around?
0: I mean, I, th- I, I think we live, in a, we live in, a, in a society where we're taught from very early on that what we think and what we feel is not okay. I want to run around and play. Nope, you're going to sit in a line and you're going to learn these things that I want to teach you. Well, I'm interested in this thing. Nope, it's not time to learn about that thing. It's learning about this thing. Yeah, and we're told that other people know best, and other people are, are the ones who determine what we do when we do it. it makes sense. I mean, that's part of the industrial revolution, revolution, yeah. and what we're um, trying to build productive people to fit into the machine. But, um, but I think it, at its core, it it takes apart our own confidence in ourselves and our own confidence that we know what we need and we know what we should be doing. Yeah, and we don't need to go work in a factory, we don't need all the things that we're told we need that keeps us working to go get those things. So you have to unwind a lot of thread to get back to that, but that we don't need most of what we think we need. Yeah, yeah.
1: What was the, there's so many questions I have for you about psychedelics. And I want to make sure that we we have this conversation, because I think this is going to set up uh, really good foundation the um, the in in business was there something that happened to obviously those three things that you mentioned in your earlier life and then twenty twenty five years later is there something that happened in your business or in your life that kind of was like a kick to the face i, I here 's how I associate it it 's like um It's like the, the, like you're, you're in ice, like you're encased in ice. This, this is what I saw first time that I did uh, psilocybin is that I was encased in ice and that the, 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 the medicine was speaking to me and saying, like, I was actually encased in ice seeing Mm -hmm. myself from the outside. And this voice just kept saying, just, just kick it, just kick it. And like, I was terrified to release myself from that that self-imposed prison by the way self-imposed from me accepting these societal norms and rules of masculinity or whatever provider or whatever it might be and i was terrified to free myself from that from the ice um you know whatever you want to call it imprisonment that i was in and uh and it wasn't because I was afraid that it would hurt or that it was something i remember thinking and feeling i have no idea who i'll be without that restriction and constraint Mm -hmm. on me i won't have this um i won't have this back pressure to push against every day and if i'm more free to just operate what will my life be like what will i be like will my wife still love me will my kids still know me Will my parents still talk to me and it's it's like an engine If it doesn't have back pressure, it's not going, it's not going to produce what it can produce yet. There are some engines that, you know, through regulations and smog and things like that, they can still produce a lot of horsepower. They just don't produce as much performance as if they were unrestricted. And I started thinking about that while in this ceremony and it took me two ceremonies to actually kick the ice, like kick myself and the ice shattered. And I remember feeling terrified at that moment that the real me was now exposed. And this real me was going to have to do something with my life that was more than just make money. It was more than just provide and produce. And that was the scariest shit I think I'd ever dealt with up to that point.
0: Because it's probably easy for you to produce resources. Yeah. I would imagine a lot of your audience. It's, we, we know we're able to make money. That is something that we've always been able to do. We've been recognized and thanked and appreciated and accolades for making money. So that's the easy thing to do. It's much harder to look at yourself and say, okay, I want to make sure that I'm living each day with awareness. I want to make sure I'm living each day with purpose. I want to make sure I'm living each day actually loving the people that I'm connected with. I want to make sure I live each day um, being love and, and spreading that love. Yeah. Um, that's harder. And that's, it's, it was, that's way harder for me. Um, it sounds like it was harder for you. I love that experience that you went through. I mean, that's beautiful to have the, yeah. uh, and I, and I think for your listeners who are not familiar with psychedelic medicine, it's not that someone said, Oh, oh you're going to be uh, surrounded in a block of ice. And you're going to kick right. it. Uh-uh, you <laughs> were, surrounded by ice and you yep. literally kicked it and and opened yourself to the environment yeah and you knew it and you felt it it wasn't just a visual hallucination it was Although, a feeling right
1: yeah it, it's it's interesting because in that moment that is all there is yeah and and i i there have been a lot of people that have asked me about psychedelics in my experience and And i'll say look you have to understand it's not this like it's not this high that you go and get and then enjoy yourself on it's it's a different mindset and and intentionality and and i wasn't used to that i'd never done any psychedelics or or any type of hallucinogens before 2018 and um and being in that moment i think maybe one of the scariest things that i was experiencing was is this now my life? Like, am mm-hmm. I, is this now my new reality? You know, and isn't that amazing that it is scarier to think about our own purpose, our own authentic self, our own, uh, you know, mission and having to move away from that program that we've been uh, maybe, maybe since birth maybe since birth, I'm sure at some, at some point, like very early months, you're, you're starting that program of performance and productivity. And, you know, cause think about it, like it's tummy time and crawling and speaking and walking and like, you're always hitting this next milestone. Then all of a sudden, the only measurement, like we were talking about earlier becomes money. And then you start hitting milestones with money, the car, the house, the career, the climb, the new office, the new car, the new house, the next vacation. And all of a sudden you're 65, 75 years old going, Oh my God, what just happened in my life? I'm not sure.
0: I would encourage you to take it one more step. And, uh, and so now you're a baby go back to that, that side. And, and there's all these issues, even as a baby with trying to, Win and keep your mom's love and affection, your father's love and affection, and um, and for all of us, there were different levels and ability to deliver that love and affection by our parents. Yeah, and um, and we started choosing behaviors to uh, to secure that. Yeah, and well after those behaviors, well after we probably knew that those behaviors didn't work. And well after we knew that maybe our parents weren't capable of loving us the way that we wanted to be loved, but we still kept trying. And then we carried those forward into our marriages and relationships and children. And um, and if we don't pause and say, huh, I didn't realize I did that. And I got that from this. yeah, There's no way to break it. But again, psychedelic medicine for a lot of us can can really help you look back at both the traumatic experiences and this this relationship with the parents and remove the shame, blame, and guilt and just look at it and be like, oh, okay. So my mom was having challenges with her marriage and I was feeling scared in this situation and she was bringing this behavior on from when she was a kid and yeah, that she was doing the best that she knew how to do, Yeah, but it didn't feel that way to me at the time.
1: No, certainly not. You're talking about programming through generations.
0: Of course. Now sure. are we
1: talking about, um, oh my God, I just blanked on the name, um, epigenetics, or Could are we be. talking about just in the mother to you?
0: it's all of the above and we can go it's it's how far do you want to go and we can yes we could talk about this is this is multiple lives and when you're healing yourself you you, some people believe you're healing seven lives backwards and seven lives forwards yeah but um but even if we just for the for the sake of this and in your audience we just focus on the relationships that we all had with our parents yeah um and trying to unpack that so you talked i can get i'll give a Personal example that uh, so my my if by all accounts my father was an awful father. He was a raging alcoholic. He would have these fits of rage. He was very unpredictable, um, complete womanizer. Um, I mean, w- w- my parents got divorced going when I was going into first grade, and every weekend we were with our father. There'd be a different woman at the house. It was it was, yeah, easy easy to say probably not the best role model. Um, and what did that do for me? So a lot of entrepreneurs or people who are successful in business were early promoters or promoted early in life. So in my case, I was the peacemaker and I'm going to try to make sure that with the time with our dad is, is, is as quiet and as safe as possible for me and my sister. My grandmother was there a bunch too and trying to keep things calm for her, um, trying to problem solve, trying to whether it's hiding alcohol or let's, let's not go and drive or all those types of things, early promoted in life to, uh, to solve problems. Um, what has been shocking to me to look back it, it, after psychedelics is, what was my, my mom's role in all of this? And, uh, and saying, okay, well, wait a minute, he was driving drunk constantly and we told her, and yet we still had to go for the weekends that's interesting. Would we, do I make that same decision now with my kids? No, no, but that's where she was at that time for a variety of reasons. Um, and I hope I, again, I'm not trying to by any way say my mom was not a, was not a good mom. She was sure. just not a perfect mom as nobody is. Um, yeah. but it was, it, it was interesting to see their roles and then take it one more step. What's my role in all of this? Did I create the situation to have this? So because I, this is who I am on the inside, and I needed to have, I needed to have a role at that 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 time of life. So I needed drama. Um, yeah, I mean, you can keep spending this in in all sorts of different directions. Um, and again, psychedelic medicine has given me a place to to really dive in, to look at things, and then the integration process after the psychedelic medicine. Let's, let's keep unpacking this and unraveling this and talking about this and where else can this go?
1: Yeah. The, the thing I think about a lot is, my wife and I talk about this constantly, until you understand or know what you didn't know, I think mm-hmm. all of us think we had a pretty great childhood, pretty perfect childhood. Even even my kids right now who I think I'm, I'm giving them a really amazing childhood are gonna be like, I thought I had a perfect childhood until I realized that that wasn't a good thing or that, that was scary to me or whatever it might be. And, um, and the, the, the combining of the performance piece or like how you, how you were promoted you know, at a young age or what was promoted and that business or money piece that solves so many challenges. And I, I've, I've talked to a lot of guys about this and we, we equated, somebody asked me once and I just said, dude, it's, it's like your life is a piece of shit on a table, <laughs> right? Just think about this, except you know that yet the rest of the world doesn't see that. They see it in the shiny candy coating that you've put on it with luxury car badges and with, you know, um, the vacations you take and the houses you buy and the portfolio you have and the net worth you have yet. Really all we're talking about is a candy coated piece of shit total, right? And I'm not saying that, that your life is, is total shit. I'm saying that, you know, that there are many parts, the big ones that are not as good as they could be. Yet, you're not willing to do any work to actually make them any different, i.e., change the formula,
0: right? Oh, and, and we'll justify it. We'll justify it totally. all day long. The, 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 the yeah. perfect example here is I, when I was building a, a software company, I was gone three nights a week hmm. for years. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but I'm providing for my family. I'm um, giving them a great education, a great house, great this. If you ask my kids if it was worth it, there's no way. They would say, absolutely no. not. We would much rather have you been home. Then you have chosen that. And and, and then we come back to and tying in, now into purpose, but to accountability. It was my fault. I chose that company. I chose to do this away from home. I chose to pursue this money. I chose to not be present for my kids and my wife. Yeah. And that's a whole nother. Why? That, that's a whole nother thing to unravel. But it, the, uh, but to your point from the outside, it looked like candy coated, uh, right. Candy coated, uh, life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the hard part is, and I want to go back and I want, I want to unravel that as sure. you, as you said, and, and I just want to just put this on the hard part in my experience was that I was watching guys with candy coated lives. And I was emulating that and I was, and I was saying, cool, that's a model. That's what I want. They have what I want yet. What they had was more, was more stuff to make them feel better about this candy coated life, right. And how I was chasing after that thinking that's what I want. And when I get there, it'll be amazing. And my life will be, will be this crazy, beautiful, amazing life that I've always dreamed is possible, yet the formula that I was running was not the formula that could get that accomplished. It could get all the stuff, yet it wasn't the formula to get me to be the best version of me, which meant when I finally get there, in quotes, that I'll actually be happy sitting somewhere at peace for a second and not running and grinding and hustling and doing all this stuff that that is constant movement yet lacks achievement. You know what I mean? So I yeah, want to, so I want to go back and, and unpack that piece of, cause you and I have that. And many of the, many of the people listening have that same, uh, life experience where my, my wife would say to me, you keep saying that you're running the race for us yet when you have a chance to stop at a checkpoint and grab a cup of water, like race reference or spend a second with us just celebrating this next milestone you run right past us so the the talk was there and the i'm doing this for my family i'm providing for my family i'm building legacy i'm building generational wealth and all the bullshit that comes along with that hollow wording yet when i actually had a chance to slow down and be with them i chose other things which means i was completely out of alignment and i was completely off on my on my goal of I'm providing for my family. I just want my family to be together and have the best experiences together. I wasn't there.
0: Right. And for me, and I'm not saying this about you, but for me, that because that, even if that's what I vocalized was my goal, it wasn't my goal. It was Because if it was my goal, I would have been doing it. Mm. I had different, I had different motivations and different, um, yeah, and different pursuits to achieve those motivations. The, uh, the idea of sitting still. It's just something that I just, it, it's so, even, even now with all the, I mean, as a, as a person with a meditation practice, there are still pieces of sitting still that I find uncomfortable. The uh, What is it? I don't know. Like the idea of a beach vacation where you just sit on the beach and relax is in theory lovely. <laughs> Me but too. I can't, I don't last an hour. It's like, I yeah. gotta go do something, anything. Um, I can read for long periods of time but yeah. not on a, yeah, just, I, I don't, I, uh, I'm interested in too many things. I'm curious yeah. about too many things. And I want I to I pick your brain on that. What, what,
1: sure, tell me. What, what do you think? What do you think that is? I'm going to give you my, I, my idea just for my own life. There's this finite amount of time we have, right? It's pretty finite. And there is no understanding.
0: Yeah, as as humans. as, as yeah. yeah yeah if we if we back up and say we're spiritual beings in a right. human incarnation we have infinite time but yes, yes. as humans in this form in we this have form time. yep
1: yes. in this body there is only this period that we are yes. here and it's there is no understanding of what that opposite end is so there's a part of me that says is this what I want to do for my life in this moment sit on this beach and stare at these waves in this moment is that good enough. So that if I wasn't here tomorrow, and this was my last moment, would I be at peace with that? And I think about like, is it worth it to me? Is it worthwhile for me to do that? Is this something that I should be spending my time on? Those are the things that go on in my head. Even in the beginning with my daughter, my daughter's almost seven. And so it's a very different world today here. However, back then it was, I mean, do I really want to sit with a six month old baby for the next three hours? I mean, there's stuff I need to do. So I would grab my laptop and be productive while with my daughter so that Mm -hmm. I didn't face this future regret or this really, it's the pain of the future regret that I was really running from in that moment and processing all this craziness. For you, what is it? What is it? I want
0: to stick on the six month for me, for the six month old child, it was, I don't add any value. Like, Hmm. I can't do anything. What am I going to do with this child? And I didn't realize that just loving the child was all the value I needed to add. But I I didn't see it at the time. So because I couldn't do anything, there wasn't any progress being made, I didn't feel it. And I avoided it. Um, I'll be a better grandparent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And then, but uh, I'm sorry, I I interrupted your question. No, no, it's... uh
1: I, pre- I appreciate the volley. I, I just, I'm just, I'm. I, this is my, this is my stream of consciousness because this is something that I still kind of think about today. Like my 40th birthday is in less than a month, and my whole 30s, I thought about my 40th birthday as like this extravaganza, crazy, blowing money. It's gonna be oh, for the ages, and all I think about today is just doing something by myself that challenges me and then just being with me alone with no distractions and and saying to myself you started your 30s terrified that you wouldn't be enough if you didn't make enough money or weren't successful enough that all this made up bullshit in your head about your your family seven generations back are all entrepreneurs and and if you don't become an entrepreneur you're a loser and you're going to let the whole family down and all the they, you know they you're on their backs and they everything that they worked for crazy shit right crazy and now in three weeks from now i'm gonna i'm gonna go to utah or i'm gonna go to to uh nevada and i'm gonna just drive out into the desert for days by myself with with no cell reception and no distractions and i'm gonna be with me and that actually is uh fully aligned and true for what i want to do it's not a Yes, I'll be pushing myself a little bit through some, some things that I'm uncomfortable with. However, there really is nothing more except for spending time with my kids, which I'll do before and after. That moment to start my, my next decade or my next year, um, doing something that is just completely non-distracted and present is all I can think about. It's very strange from 10 years ago, very strange. Very yeah, different,
0: it, but, but beautiful. And yeah. that's, that's what your body is calling for. That's do, right. So that's a, that sounds like a pretty incredible, incredible birthday.
1: It will be a very incredible birthday. Yeah.
0: The go, go back
1: to that. Like, think about all those habits that we've had built. I was just talking to somebody today about it and he's like, how do I just make this shift? And I said, dude, you've spent 38 years. That's not how old he is, by the way. I'm just giving it a number. Um, You spent 38 years building this habit of grind and hustle. Now you're asking to be different one day later after you made a decision. It doesn't work like that. You're not just going to go. This is the same conversation I have with guys about financial freedom. Financial Mm -hmm. freedom isn't worth anything unless you have internal freedom because you can't sit on that beach or be retired or go spend time with the family when you have built a habit of constantly moving to try and achieve something, you're not just going to all of a sudden get this money that hits this you know high water mark in your bank account and go, got it finally. I can now be the true me. I can be present. I can be thoughtful and compassionate and there for my wife and communicative about my feelings and emotions. And I'm 49 years old. Like that doesn't it doesn't happen like that, you know. And so those are the things that I think about with being alone that are beneficial today versus like the beach story or, or like I was talking about before. I didn't want to be alone. I just didn't want to be there with my thoughts.
0: And that's, um, I, I think what you're speaking to is intentionality. So just going yeah. to the beach with the intention of just, of I'm going to be here to be by myself. The waves, the, it doesn't matter what's around me. I'm just here to be by myself. Yeah. Okay. I could wrap myself around that kind of vacation. That's like, yeah. it's my silent retreat. Right. I've just Look. never approached the beach like that. Um, I don't know why I'm picking the beach for this, but it's, a, <laughs> but yeah, it's the, the intentionality. I want to go out and be with my thoughts and move forward. The, um, even and you're talking about financial freedom, like again, so many layers of that, of that, uh, of that onion, right? There's, well, what does it mean? What, what are you spending money on period? Why are you spending money on those things? What does security look like? What really is security? Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that just, just trying to define what financial freedom means is, is such a tricky, a tricky subject for so many people. Yeah. Um, I have found through the, again, taking everything back to psychedelics, but just the reminder, the constant reminder of, can I can generate resources? Of course I can, of course. So don't worry, there's plenty. There's plenty out there. So you might not know exactly how, but you've all your life been able to generate resources, of course you will. Yeah. So then it's like what are you going to do with your time? And and then how many and how much of your time is willing are you willing to trade for the resources you're you're curating? Yeah. Um, or harvesting. And yeah, those are those are good questions and that and that brings us back to the practice, the post psychedelic practice of thinking about these, reflecting on these, having these, someone to talk to about these questions and, um, and someone who's not, it's not judgmental. It's just asking you back. This is what you said was important. This is what you're doing. I don't quite see how that's in alignment, but tell me more about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, um, compassionate way of putting that. You you just said it's so smooth. Like this is what you want. This is what you have. Not seeing that it connects. So tell me what's going on for you. <laughs> you know, like that's just a that's a beautiful way of confronting somebody and holding them to account. You know what I mean? It really? Like is. The, I,
0: yeah. Just making sure. certainly something I try to do. Is like, there's no bad you. There's yeah. just just you. So, yeah. That's just what I'm seeing. Or and, and even this is, what I'm seeing is not even what I'm seeing. It's what I'm imagining I'm seeing. Yeah. So even phrasing it that way. And what i I'm ima- from what you just told me, what I imagine is this. Yeah. Am I un- imagining? Cr- how you feel and then having a conversation but it's a uh, yeah it's it's just that compassionate discussion
1: yeah what would you what would you say to somebody that says um like today are you a different guy than you were in business way back when
0: 100% okay. I'm from yeah pr- pr- what would you say bp before psychedelic right. <laughs> right yeah completely different guy i was i was i was radically different and my wife would say that my kids would say that my business associates would say that Or most importantly i would say that
1: yeah and and i'm and i'm um i'm thinking like there's a question that i want to run by you a lot of guys say to me well i've got to make i've got to make the money first to provide myself with that space to be able to go and find my purpose my mission what it is that I'm meant to do for this planet to where I'm I'm making an actual difference here, and not just making some money and providing some jobs for people, which don't get me wrong, that is a difference. Sure. However, I think about it in terms of replaceability. And I say, could those people get jobs elsewhere? That they would do the same thing, get the same pay, and be treated the same way? And the answer is most likely yes. Unless you are a different leader. So what would your what are your thoughts on when I say that? That, that people say, well, all right, Matt, you know, you built these companies, stocked a bank account. So what? You weren't the dad you wanted to be, the husband you wanted to be, blah, blah, blah. You couldn't sit on a beach. But now that opened up the opportunity for you to now pursue your passion, your real purpose. Is there validity to that?
0: Um, no, yep. all those things are external. Yep. So I'm, it's whether everything we just talked about is an external validation um, that that we're trying to achieve. So whether it's there's a specific dollar amount, or there's a title that we're pursuing, or there's um, yeah a relationship we're pursuing, that's all external. The reality is the only and, and and sorry, one more thing I want to say. And you talked about making a difference. The only the first thing that matters in terms of making a difference is making a difference in yourself. Mm. So, and and that's not going to come from any of those external factors. Um, And we don't know how much time we have on this planet. So saying, I'm going to putting off taking the time for yourself for external factors, maybe that works out, but maybe it doesn't. And a life where you didn't, where you didn't give yourself the gift, the time to to take care of yourself is a um, yeah, I think it's 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 uh it's unfortunate that people don't have the some people don't have the opportunity to ever get to look yeah. and to feel, to feel the uh complete love of the universe, complete acceptance, complete safety, this abundant world that we live in that uh <clears throat> that we forget about with the, de- with the news cycles and the uh, social media cycles. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really about how do we stop looking for external validation, look internally first, and then, um, and then decide what we're gonna do externally as part of our own process. But I, I don't think you can do it in reverse order. I don't think you can work externally and then try to work yourself.
1: I, I have not figured that out. I don't, I don't believe that to be true. And I know that what I've done with myself and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of other people is the opposite Mm -hmm. internal versus internal to external. And it's interesting because the way that our message and our mission has evolved, the MOP movement mission has evolved over time is now it's so refined that it is, we're not helping you become a better dad. We're not helping you become a better employee or a better leader or a better husband or better or make more money. All of those things naturally happen when the you formula is in alignment. That's it. The you formula is in alignment. So, someone asked me the, the other day. I was at the Reagan Library. No joke. One floor we were riding down, and he said to me, "My dad had a mental purpose shirt," and he said, "Okay." I want your literal elevator pitch. We're standing in an elevator, eight (laughs) of us. And he looks at me and goes, I want your literal elevator pitch. And, and there was this calmness that came over me. And I just said, um, yeah, man, like we help guys find out who they are and why they're truly here so that they can become the best version of themselves. And he looked at me and he was like, it was like three seconds. And I said, yeah, it's, it's actually not that practice either. I'm just so clear on what we're doing. It's so refined over time that. I confidently know that when a man, really when a human, when a man can understand and remove those internal restraints and constrictions from inside of him, that the external world and himself have put on him, Mm -hmm. when he can do that, he can now be free to live authentically and be free to find that path that he's really supposed to determine, destined, whatever you want to say, to be on. And when that happens, you were talking about fulfillment you've never felt before and regret that has left that you have been piling up that will only increase in personifying value over time. And so the find who you are and find why you're here has so much more power than just those. What is it? Six words, seven words, something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I know this is what we're talking about now. It's just That internal restriction and constraint is what held you at this place for 20 plus years and held me luckily for not as much time, still caused a lot of chaos in my world. And until I realized that the father that I was being was not the guy that I really wanted to be. And then my wife was going to leave, take my daughter. And, and then I was just gonna have to deal with that. When I realized that it all came down to me doing the work on me, like, it was me face to face in the mirror nothing else nobody else there no blame no shift no avoid you to you man what move are you going to make right now and and that dude that was that was what led me to psychedelics that's what led me to okay i'm not sure if i'm capable of doing this and i know what what would be
0: right and that there's a molecule that can help me along this journey
1: yeah and yeah and yeah, yeah
0: yeah that makes total sense to me it's uh yeah, until you love yourself, you can't give love to others. Um, and for me, I couldn't find satisfaction really in anything that I was doing. It was just more of a game. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate what you just, what you just shared there. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. It reminds me of a on an ayahuasca journey, um, there was a, a piece where if I'd lined up my purpose and my actions, and I got them all in a row lined up, that the minions would cheer and could hear them cheering. And then the screen would appear and I could look at people and be like, Oh, okay. They get it. They're going to help me. They're going to help me. And I think that's the, that's the, when everything's aligned and there's no fear, then they just the, for me, at least the, the opportunities and the ability to just continue to be safe and abundant, just keep appearing everywhere. I look, um, but it's all from a place of love, so self love and the external love.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's cool because the way that my first plant medicine journey came to me was was delivered to me, not researched by me. Right. Hmm. So we're talking about internal, yet it was it was it was calling me from the external maybe it was the internal sure sure it no, was I you think know that's
0: pretty normal people talk um, about when the medicine calls and when yeah they, yeah when the yeah. Te- when the student is ready the teacher will appear
1: and it did and it was really hot it was heavy it was like my whole youtube channel i'd never researched this in my life the only time i'd ever heard of ayahuasca was from robin quivers on the howard stern show describing her <laughs> her time in guatemala and never heard of it and then all of a sudden my youtube uh you know, whatever, when I open my YouTube homepage, it was littered with ayahuasca and then I get a text from someone I met in Montreal, like three months before that. And she says to me, grandmother spirit is calling you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then it just kept popping and popping and popping up and by, you know, the, the third week of, of January, I, I was in my first ceremony and I want to, I want to first address the main thing that was coming up for me was fear. Of the unknown, Ooh. of the unpredictable, of the out of control, that that was. This was your fear before going into the ceremony. Oh, yeah. is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way yeah. up to the to the to the glass on my lips. Really? Yeah, okay. yeah. And yeah, yeah.
0: and by That's the way, and after respect.
1: the and after the swallow, like I mm-hmm. I, I got to the airport, and I thought, I'm meant to be doing this. This is fine. You know, traveled across the country, get to the house. You know, I'm two weeks on this dieta. It's it's like I'm, I've dropped some weight. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty clean. And I'm scared. And then we get to the ceremony. And the shaman says, I'm the last one to go. It's like 16 people. And I'm sitting at this altar. And I'm thinking, I shouldn't do this. This is so crazy. What the fuck are you doing? And she just says to me, look, you don't have to do this. You just do it or you don't do it and I said I think I'm not going to do it she goes okay then just go back to your seat and then the then the obsessive version of me said oh you, <laughs> you can't back down from this do you need this this is how your life's going to open up from this and I thought well I'm not willing to deal with the fear and the pain that comes along with my life opening up going back mm-hmm. to what you're we talking about earlier and then she says look here's what I'll, I'll leave you with the only way out is through so for whatever you're dealing with in your life you will not get out of it until you go through this medicine will take you through it and it will take you deep into it. So it's your call. And I just kind of grabbed it. And I was like, okay, took a sip, turned around, looked at everybody laying there on the ground. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm in a cult. I just drank poison. I'm going to die tonight. Right. (laughs) That's how I started my first journey. And I went and laid down on my mat and I prepared for a death. Um, My heart was racing out of control. It was my ego saying, part of me is going to die tonight. And I know that, and the, and the human in me saying, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm really freaking scared. And I, I can't get out of here quickly. And I can't call for help. And I don't know where my cell phone is. And I, and I don't really know many of these people. And so how do you address that with people who say, I'm terrified of the unknown and what I'm going to experience on a psychedelic?
0: So all of your feelings going into this, the, uh, your first psychedelic, Ceremony seem very normal. Um, and having <laughs> a healthy respect for the medicine is important. Um, it is, a, but, but I, I think I'll borrow from the Johns Hopkins people. And they say, look, if you, if you've thought about the three S's set setting and source, um, and you spent time in each of those, you've radically increased your probability of having a, having a good experience. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're down into the less than 1% having a, uh, a, a not good experience. Um, not saying it won't be a challenging experience, but it'll be one that is po- at the end is positive. Yeah. So set setting and source. Sources, where does your medicine come from? Do you feel that it is good, untainted quality medicine? So whatever you're choosing to do, whether it's ketamine legally prescribed from a doctor or whether it's psilocybin or whether it's ayahuasca in a Peruvian uh, or Costa Rican experience, just where where's your source? Your set is your mindset. Are you prepared? Do you know what this medicine is? Do you know how long it's going to be and what this experience is gonna be like? Are you, have you thought about your intentions? Have you reflected back on, on your support st- uh, structure for this? And then your, um, your setting is, are you in, is the physical location you're in safe and comfortable and controlled? And are you surrounded by people who love you and um, free of distraction? um so that you can take this time for yourself and you can let yourself truly go to let let the medicine take hold of you and know that you're going to be okay yeah and if you thought about set setting and source yeah you you have done the things that that lead to the highest probability of good outcomes
1: got it and there are just some times where it's it's going to lead you to some darker places then
0: of course yeah yeah, but that but that's that's the medicine you you needed to see whatever it is that you were gonna see. And yeah. I'm gonna go back to that uh that the the teenage experience for me. I mean, I was right back in that moment. Hmm. And I was able to look at it and say, like, oh my goodness. I, I don't have to forgive or condone the actions of this person. Right. But I could see for the first time how lonely and sad and unloved and um the think through what the drug and alcohol issues that, that she was dealing with must have impacted her and and the rejection she was feeling and again don't have to condemn or don't have to condone or or forgive but i could i could understand her as a, at a human level that that need for love yeah and um yeah and that changed it from the perpetrator that i had looked at it um pri- prior hmm. so did I want to? Did I set an intention to go back and look at that? No. But I'll tell you what, this was something I could never talk about before. Interesting. And the medicine showed it to me, healed it up. And I can talk about it now without even blushing because yeah. it's, it's it's, yeah, it's, it was just a thing. Just a thing. And yeah. now I've moved through it.
1: I love that story, man. It's That is the... That's, those are th- not, not an experience like that. I, those are, uh, or, or, or a, um, uh, example like that. That's an experience that I had, which was facing things that I don't know. I didn't know I even needed to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it sounds like your journey and my journey first time was very similar, which was this level of compassion for myself and others that I had never maybe gotten to or allowed myself to get to or knew it was even possible until Absolutely. removal of certain restrictions and constraints inside of me.
0: Right. And and the notion, the connectivity. So, so compassion for self and the connectivity That's to it. others, the idea that and we've all heard of like, oh, these are my brothers and sisters. Like, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, they, I, that, that was the first time I ever felt like, oh my God, these really are my brothers and sisters. Yeah. We are all connected. We are all cut from the same cloth. And um yeah, completely changed the way I view other people and I mean people talk people talk about with psychedelics, oh, look at look what it does to the trees and the nature and the sky. Sure, all that is true. Sure. But what it also does to our relationships with others is is so tremendous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I there there's there's so many questions I want to ask you I, and I, I actually I usually don't go back to the one sheet to ask questions. I want to do that while we, while we are are wrapping (laughs) up here, because there's, there's some really great questions on here. Um, one of the biggest things that I, I wonder, um, is how do you trust what you're talking about in terms of, um, source? How do you, so two questions. One, how do you find a retreat or how do you find an experience or how do you know who to trust and how they source things like what what do you do in that situation how do you get into this if somebody wanted to um they listen to this and they said all right i'm in what's their next move
0: yeah so so um and let me let me answer that with just a quick disclaimer i'm speaking in regards to harm reduction i'm not encouraging anyone to do anything illegal i'm not a doctor or a lawyer and so, so people have a few options. They can, if they want to stick with things that are legal in the United States, they can either choose ketamine, which is a legal psychedelic available in all 50 states by prescription. And you can do that in a clinic, either intra, intravenously or intramuscularly. You can do it at home with, uh, with lozenges that go under your tongue. Lots of options for ketamine. And those are about one hour journeys, super powerful medicine um, and, and high rates of efficacy and safety. For those who want to, uh, to um, do a different medicine, there are some clinical trials happening. Uh, MDMA and psilocybin would be two that you could do in the United States if you happen to get into a clinical trial. Um, MDMA is, has got an FDA breakthrough therapy designation and should be legal here within the next two years. So that's, uh, that's exciting. Psilocybin also has that FDA breakthrough therapy designation, might be a year or two behind MDMA. For those willing to travel, you can, there are legal psilocybin retreats in, um, certainly in the Bahamas, Jamaica, um, Mexico, pretty much legal. It's technically not, but it's not enforced for religious ceremony. And, um, in the Netherlands do a version with truffles. That's close enough. And then, uh, ayahuasca, there are some legal churches in the United States where you can join the church and do ayahuasca, or, um, you can travel um, out of the country to put countries where ayahuasca is legal, or you can find an underground ayahuasca or psilocybin, um, experience happening in the United States. So lots of different options with all of them. It's a couple of things. that's super important. One is who, who is the, who's in charge? Yeah. What's their experience? So they've been doing this for years. So making sure, you know, that this is somebody who you referred to that has some kind of credentials that Reviews that you've talked to somebody, you know them, something that gives you confidence that this is a this is a good, safe person. asking how many people are going to be participating with me I mean good uh, group work is very common in psychedelics, so let's say groups of twenty ish um totally normal um, there is there's some for entrepreneurs um there's a a good uh, ayahuasca. Group that does about forty people, it's hmm. pushing, in my opinion, but that's, a lot, that's yeah. what they do. A lot. And then there's the probably the most famous um, ayahuasca place, pushes eighty to a hundred. Wow, that's a lot. Yes. So at least know that know what you're going in for. Um, The ones I personally attend are typically in that twenty range. I think that's a ten to twenty is a good is a good zone. Yeah. Um, for me, but at least ask the questions so you know what you're getting into. And then also ask if there's any medical staff on site. Again, nothing typically, most psychedelics are, are, are incredibly safe. Um, so the medical staff is more of like, if something just normally happens that would have happened whether you're on a psychedelic or not, and you're on a psychedelic, how fast can you get help? That's, no. that's more in the medical question versus, oh, I'm gonna take X amount of psilocybin and have, a, have a, an, an, an issue that that is not how that works. So here's the, with question. the exception of Ibogaine, Ibogaine would be the one exception. If that is one that you really need a, uh, be in a medical facility with cardiac monitoring and all that before, uh, doing that psychedelic.
1: Somebody asked me, what if you have an underlying issue medically, you know, cardiovascularly lung, whatever that you don't know about and that you get on this heavy psychedelic and you now find out that there's an issue. Have you ever heard of anything like that?
0: Yeah, I mean so so you're talking about I mean that's just statistics, right? It's just yeah. like you could have also gotten in the car and yeah. had that issue emerge. Yeah. So so let's so ketamine as an example can raise your blood pressure. So if you have unmanaged high blood pressure, typically they won't you take ketamine until it's managed. Yeah. Um if you don't know you have high blood pressure, yeah, that's not ideal, but typically most of us are going to the doctors periodically. Um, you can certainly ask, or you can check your blood pressure before um, a ketamine session if that's something you're concerned about. but but when you talk about psilocybin, um, the contraindications for these other medicines are are not not that many. Um, the one thing that research is a little bit split on right now is is the serotonin potential serotonin impact. So ketamine, if you're on an antidepressant, you can can take ketamine. The up until very recently, it's been frowned upon to take psilocybin or ayahuasca, um, or LSD with, uh, with an antidepressant because of the fear of serotonin syndrome. Um, there's some current research out that says, yeah, probably not an issue. It just means you need more psilocybin to cover the effects of the antidepressant. So that's Mm -hmm. something for you and your practitioner to, uh, to think about, but there's, um, yeah, and the, most of the retreats I've gone to have asked people to wean off of their antidepressants before going to uh, the the common classic psychedelics.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that. It, it's uh, it's interesting to have a conversation with your doctor about this because, sure. like, you know, I I um, the other day I was stopping by the the I don't know what you would call it, weed store, cannabis store, whatever you want to call it. You're, I live in L.A., so they're all over the place. And we were talking about it, thinking like, you know, would you in, you know, previous generation, would you have taken your parents to a, a, a weed store? Like how weird is that? And we were talking about the acceptance of what we called illicit substances, you know, back when, or whatever they were named. And now it's just so common practice to have conversations about what these plants can do to benefit you. Um, can you just talk to your regular PCP doctor about, about plant medicine or do you, should you find somebody special or what's, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on that?
0: It, it, I think it depends on who your doctor is. You absolutely gotcha. can talk to your doctor and depending yeah. on how educated they are, but let's, let's just keep in mind that for all anyone born from 1971 to today, yeah. we've lived our entire life in a prohibition. That's what I mean. So our doctors lived in that same prohibition. We all were fed the just say no this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. We're all taught that drugs, these, these drugs in particular have no medicinal use. They're right. gonna do bad things. So it's, it's certainly possible that your doctor has subscribed to that same thing that, that many of us feel when we hear psychedelic drugs. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, isn't that dangerous? Right. Um, it's kind of our gut reaction. Um, but there are a number of doctors who've been following along. I mean, there's 309 academic institutions studying psychedelics right now, there is a ton of literature, thousands and thousands and thousands of papers on the efficacy um, of these different medicines for all sorts of treatments. So certainly you can talk to your general practitioner. And then if you have depression or anxiety or eating disorders or OCD or substance use challenges, or, I mean, you pick your flavor, yeah, there's a good chance that there's something happening with psychedelics and that and that whoever you're working with on that particular item might have an answer for you you yeah. might know something about this
1: yeah i mean i think in a state like california and especially los angeles there's sure it's so open and yeah. free I, I was at a a wellness clinic uh here in la a couple weekends ago and we were just it was just a it was just a nice natural conversation about the different practices that all of us had to be the best version of us whether it's ice baths or ketamine or psychedelic like it was just all these different things meditations you know nature hikes silent retreats darkness retreats and and float tanks float tanks yeah. and and psychedelics was just one component that people were adding in this isn't like this is a game changer It was a game changer for me. Yet it's not the main game changer. It was a game changer where it kind of shifted my world. And then I took that and ran with it. It wasn't like, Oh, now I've got to do a a session every week just to stay on. The medicine helped me pivot. Now it was, I was responsible to maintain the pivot.
0: Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's so it's, so it's, I like talking about psychedelic medicine as a technology. Yeah. It's just a technology. Yeah. Now, what does that technology do? It's not going to cure. It's not a panacea. It's not going to solve all your problems. It's going to hopefully uh, unlock something in you that then you will continue forward with whatever that is. So again, but it's your responsibility to find your way to that medicine. And then it's your responsibility to, to continue the practice afterwards. But the medicine will help through all sorts of interesting processes help you uh, think differently see differently and um and feel differently
1: yeah yeah there there are so many things i could i could ask you about the psychedelic piece i think the real meat of this conversation was our first 40 minutes in in the in the growth of the man with psychedelics being that that sprinkled component so look i i i think we should i think we should do a second interview that just dives deep into the psychedelic components. And then maybe I'll get some questions from our, our community. And, um, yeah, th- this was, this was really fun, man. This was really fun. I really appreciate you being on here, sharing so openly and,
0: um, you set the tone. I mean, you talked about, you came right out. This is the, I, this is my experience with ayahuasca this is my experience <laughs> in psilocybin. This is how it's changed me as a man. This is, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's lovely. I think one of the great treats about all of this, or about psychedelic medicine, is it, is it, at least for me, is it's changed my perception of time and where I want to spend it so that I can have conversations like this with you and with your yes. listeners, yes. and that we can and talk to other men about, yeah, this is what's important to me. This is what I'm thinking about. This is what makes, my, makes me feel good. This is what makes me feel bad. This is, um, or This is how I process that. And these, this different level of conversation is just lovely. Yeah. And really something I did not, it's something I was, th- I was it's actually interesting, uh, and I know this is, we're wrapping up here, but I will, there's a, it's so easy when I, when I think about women and, and, and sex and that like, uh, okay, I want intimacy and this is what it looks like. Yeah. And now as I've rounded 50, it's like, no, I want that intimacy, but I'm realizing I can have really intimate conversations. Yeah. that are not sexual. Um, and with a lot of different types of people yeah. and, uh, and I'm grateful for that. And again, that's I, I attribute that to, again, psychedelic medicine, helping me see that we're connected, helping yes. me have this, helping me understand my thirst for connection, more connection and realizing that, um, through healing myself, I can heal others. And that company, that, that connection back and forth, we're all healing through this process. It's beautiful. And, yeah. and healing is not a word I used pre-psychedelic. So it's, uh, yeah. So I appreciate, a- again, appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing with the men on purpose. And I uh, appreciate you. the uh, the introdu- introducing your audience to this powerful technology for change.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, what's interesting is I heard someone having a conversation like this about probably like eight years ago at this point. And I thought, how does somebody get to a point where they can have that kind of conversation where they aren't worried about what people are going to think and they aren't worried about how they look and they aren't worried about what they say and if they look smart or not. And, and, and I just was so intrigued by the, the freedom that this man spoke from about himself, sexuality, money. And I'm like, wow, man, that what a great place to be. And that's what you're describing. We're in that place where we could freely do any subject that you and I talked about, the audience would benefit from because we're just being, we're being clear, present and honest and authentic. And it's just sharing from our experience. We're not, am not quoting from books right now. I'm sharing from my experience. So your, your, your experience is either authentically you or not. You get to make that decision. It's, it's your call. So I appreciate these kind of conversations where I look at a one sheet and go cool we're talking about psychedelics I'm excited and 40 minutes of the conversation is about growth and development which is exactly what it should be on this podcast. So very very grateful to you and your time today man. Very grateful. Where can people find you?
0: In the the couple of different places com is lots of information on the book, I have a bunch of different uh, videos on psychedelics there and um and then links to um, LinkedIn, Instagram, or where, I, where I'm active the most. Um, I have an audiobook, so you can buy the book in book form and uh, anywhere books are sold. And the audiobook is fun. I I read everything I wrote. I have a Dr. Carlos Warder who's been uh, working with psychedelic medicine for fifty years reads the the forward, and then uh and then Leslie Howard reads all the part that were, parts that were written by women. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And then um for those in Florida, uh, happy H A P P Y Y dot me. Is the new telehealth company connecting fighting the unhappiness uh, epidemic with uh, ketamine assisted psychedelic therapy? Love it. And that's launching here in uh, just a few weeks.
1: Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Matt, thanks again for being on, man. Really appreciate it. And really thanks for choosing this,
0: this conversation. I really enjoyed this as well.
1: Absolutely. Audience, uh, I hope you enjoyed every minute of that. Make sure you go to Matt Zemon, Z E M O uh, Matt's book, Psychedelics for Everyone go check it out. And um, you'll find everything in the show notes. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.